Tomorrow, I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss Julian Assange's cat, Pepsi, and the black hole. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. All right, Ryan, you're back in America. I'm back in the U.S. FR. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, I got some bad news, though. Uh, Donald Trump is president. <laughs> <laughs> I Donald like Trump avoided, is still president. I avoided the news for the most part while yeah. I was away. Like I just thought, you know, why why put myself through it? And, why do um, it? Yeah, why not? You're in a different place. Just experience a different kind of way of living. Like I definitely went on Twitter occasionally and saw some stuff, but you know, I didn't really engage. And then for the show last night, I was like, let me catch up on the news. Ends up it's all bad. And yeah. I mean <laughs> instead of taking a little bit of poison every day, I took like the whole bottle at once and I was really, really spiraling out. Yeah. I mean, there's a new Star Wars trailer, which we're gonna talk about, which I yes. think was a, a tiny bright spot in an otherwise, you know, potentially very dark. Uh, you know, you were gone. You were gone for like almost two weeks, I guess. Yeah, like I was gone for a while because I had a passport issue when yeah. I was leaving. Yeah, it turned out you're um, not actually an, a U.S. citizen. And I had to go to the passport agency in New York and just cry and beg and then rebook my tickets. Does um, that work if you cry and beg? <laughs> yeah, actually it does. There's a few places in the world where they can make a passport same day. And I cried and beg and I got there at like five o'clock in the morning and was like, please. And yeah. they made me a new passport. Um, but because I had to rebook my tickets, I got to stay a little bit longer. Um, and a friend of mine is um, in the military and stationed in Germany. So I went and visited her in Germany, which was like a two hour train. So I got to stay a little bit longer, which made it all the harder to come back because then I realized how fungible those tickets were. And I could just stay forever if I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Just stay in Paris forever is the plan. Honestly, Paris is like another dimension where everything's well, clean and friendly and like there's yeah. no fascism like ruling every well, moment of your a life. Bit, there's some nationalism in, in France. Oh, sure. But. but but it, it's not like – I mean, you know, there's like – I mean, one of the things I think about on a regular basis, and, and I th maybe I'm wrong and I just made this up, is that a fairly high per percentage of the French population identifies as atheist, which yeah. which is like, you know, in America to be atheist is like essentially criminalized. Um, but, you know, I think it's gaining in popularity now. But I think – but I think about that all the time because it's like – it's governed like a country where like, yeah, there's like actually a bunch of people who are, who are atheists probably and are not. It's like, also it's governed from the perspective of they redo their constitution regularly. And they, they, the idea is like to reform France is to love France. Whereas here, any criticism or reform is saying that there's essentially a problem with America, which means you don't love America, which means you hate Americans and you hate the founding fathers and you hate what we stand for there. It's like, if you want to improve things, it's, considered loving your country and wanting to work yeah. towards a better version so they have tons of programs and everything's clean and god i was just like really, why really, do i live in new york it really struck you as clean huh you're spending too much time in manhattan that's your problem and also all the other boroughs um <laughs> We're, we'll talk about this later but one of the an mit scientist was like uh america is essentially a developing nation from an economic standpoint once again and um I it you can see it <laughs> no i no it's it's actually really crazy and in fact we're going to um I'm excited that we're going to Pittsburgh next week. 
um, uh, for, I'm going to go for Passover. We're going to do Easter there. And I haven't been to Pittsburgh in a while. And, you know, it's, it's, it's always interesting to see how a smaller city is developing. And everybody's like, wow, Pittsburgh is like cool now. So I'm very curious to see what that looks like in in 2019, what a cool, smaller American city is. I haven't, I haven't been back in several years, so it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, might have to pop into the Pittsburgh Ace Hotel and be mad you can about go to the that. Warhol Museum. Yeah, I've been to the Warhol. <clears throat> that's not uh, that's not what I'm there for. I'm from there for like the I want a seventeen dollar cup of coffee and um, <laughs> I want to stay at an Ace Hotel room where it's like there's nothing in it and they're like it's minimal and I'm like no it's just a bad room. That was my one issue with Paris is that I couldn't get a giant cup of coffee to save my life unless yeah, but I all the like coffee Starbucks. you could get was great and you could smoke while you were drinking it. <laughs> Wait, do they still allow smoking at cafes there? Oh, everywhere. Yeah, Literally it's great. Everywhere. I mean, if you smoke, if you don't smoke, it's, you know, it kind of sucks. But I don't smoke. <laughs> Laura had a, a blast. Um, the the um, so so here's the interesting thing. When uh, the interesting thing about Paris, there's only a few places I've been, and I haven't been that many places. But you know, you can when you go certain places, you're like, oh, this is a place where things, real things, happen that have like global impact. Like it's a re- it's a city where like shit that happens in this city has a big impact outside of the city, right? Like there's yeah. a few cities in America like that. There's a few cities in other countries. Um, and, you know, Paris is one of those cities. It's it's a huge, it's huge, first off. You know, it's yeah. sprawling. It's insanely beautiful. There are so I mean, many things to do there. Every single thing I saw was beautiful. Like yeah. even and like the shittiest parts were beautiful. I mean, I know, I know, I know a Parisian will disagree with me, but like you couldn't, I couldn't, we couldn't find a bad meal. Like, yeah, actually, I did. I actually, I, I take that back. I did get food poisoning there and was completely destroyed for two days. Really? Yes, I had insane. The worst. I've been <laughs> the sickest I've ever been. The food is so good and effective that even when it poisons you, it does it the best. Honestly, I think I had a bad oyster. I'm going to be honest. Like, it's a classic situation. Yeah. I was going ballistic on oysters and, uh, you know, as one does. And um, and I was, like, fucking dying. Like, it was insane. I mean, truly, I've never felt worse. But aside from that, everything was amazing. I mean, my and, dollar, like, pastry in the morning was the best thing uh, I'd ever eaten in my life. I know. I know. How, many, how often were you seen in the streets of Paris with a baguette in hand? That's all I want to know. <laughs> yeah, the entire time. Yeah, and they just, have those little electric lime scooters, so I made sure everyone in the city saw me eating my baguette. You got, you Doomed past everyone. <laughs> you, got, like, you brought, like, your own basket to put on the front of the lime scooter <laughs> so you could have a baguette sticking out of it. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, there's a lot we should talk about. There's a yeah. lot to talk talk about and i don't want to i don't want to um waste too much time not waste but spend too, too much time on your vacation uh, which i'm very jealous of but i will say uh uh i'm glad you took it i need to take a vacation oh, at some point amazing. in your future and um i don't know you know i'm just i'm just it's good to get out of your out of your comfort zone and out of your the place you know really well i mean obviously vacations are good for lots of different reasons but i think that uh it's particularly good to be reminded that there are other places in the world that are not america where other people live and exist and do things and like are, it isn't all you're not it, not everybody is living in like trump world 24 7 i mean i'll say this the trump stuff and like new york media scene intrigue and like you know drama going down at the golden globes uh, suddenly i was staying in an airbnb in uh, paris which is a, a place that is unlike a sandals resort like a real place that people like live their lives and it was astonishing how much none of that mattered <laughs> it was like oh wow like i guess trump stuff does have global implications but like the little tweets and stuff like nobody gave a shit and it was 
it put it all yeah, into I mean, perspective I, I feel in like a really out good out way. The, I mean, if he pairs out like the, the the you know climate change accord or whatever, I mean that's one thing. But anyhow, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Oh, I'm a little. I might be getting a little bit of a cold. I can't tell. It's the changing of the seasons here. It was like 75 degrees yesterday. I know. It was insane. It was awesome. It was the greatest. I just got, we got like a little taste of what summer is like here. I summer. I love summer. Everything should always be 60 degrees. No, summer is great. (laughs) No. I love the sun. No. I I, I mean, I like seeing the sun. I don't know if I like being in it that much. Like, I like its existence. I like to be able to look at it through a window out at the sun. And then you like knowing it's there once in a while. You're an indoor kid during summer vacation. It's just nicer. It's just nicer. I don't know. Whatever. I think it's nice. All right. Let's get into news. News Yeah. Let's get into the news. There's a lot lot of things happening in the world right now. Yeah. We've got uh, a black hole. We saw a black hole. Yeah. You know, here's the thing about the black hole picture. We saw a black hole and that's amazing. You know, it is. It's amazing. It's hard for it to feel amazing because one, we have lived in a world where we've seen depictions of black holes in film. And television where they're always really epic you know that's like people get sucked into it they're having you know it's like jodie foster's having like a contact moment inside of a black hole or whatever you know i mean i don't know if she actually went into a black hole but um you know the, i feel like black holes have been somewhat ruined real black holes have been somewhat ruined by fake black holes mm-hmm. you know so like when i saw the picture i'm like okay i guess it seems blurry but i know i know everybody's like I, there's this whole th- there's this whole thing on twitter where people were like um the, the picture came out and people are like, oh, my fucking God, a black hole, right? Then there was, of course, the wave of backlash where people were like making fun of the black hole for not looking very good because it kind of looks really like a blurry blob. And, and then there was a, a lot black- of like when you order it versus when it arrives means. Yeah. And then, and then there was a backlash, the backlash, of course, where it was like a lot of very Neil deGrasse Tyson-esque like uh, – or like, you know, um, Louis C.K. had that bit where he was talking about using cell phones like on planes or computers on planes or whatever and how people would were always complaining because it wasn't good enough or the internet wasn't fast enough. And he's like basically the backlash to that was like, you know, all of the people who were really into science being like, you just saw the be- beginning and end of creation and all you could do is make fun of the picture. And it's like, yeah, but come on. It's like it looks pretty blurry. I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, yeah, it's, it's like re- a smudge. I mean, it's incredible huh? that we accomplished it, but it is a smudge. It's incredible. Get back to me when we're in the black hole. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, you talk to me when I can be shot into the black hole, and then I will be interested, okay? I'm looking for kind of a black hole escape type of situation. Mm-hmm. So if you can make, like, the black hole catapult and put me in the put me in it, then I'll start getting really hyped. No, but it's cool. Um, and, uh, and, you know, there was a lot of conversation about uh, this woman. I believe her name is Katie Borman. I don't want to get her name wrong. Or Katie Bauman, sorry, Katie Bauman. I put an, I put an R in there for some reason that made no sense. Katie Bauman, who's a scientist who who uh, had a big part in, and she's only twenty nine years old, had a big part in getting this, uh, getting the picture like into reality. Um, and then, of course, you know, the internet being the internet, um, like people started like somebody posted a thing like the first thing like the YouTube algo pulls up if you type in her name is like a video about how like she really didn't do it all and she's getting all the credit and all these other men worked on it. They're not getting any credit. And it's like, I don't know Well, it's like, we, this is why we can't have nice things. Number one. Uh, but number two, it's like, I just thought about, I was, when I saw the thing and I tweeted about it, I was kind of like, what kind of mentality do you have to have to feel like threatened by a, like a woman getting credit one time for something? 
You know what I mean? It's like, dude, I mean, it's been like literally thousands of years of people like high-fiving white guys for but like also doing... like how many achievements have white guys gotten all the credit for? And then it turns out that, you know, a whole group of people worked on this. And that's totally how science and technology work in the modern day. I mean, literally every, like every, everything I mean, literally, and I speak, I speak uh, from a place of real knowing any, any white man in, in any role of power is absolutely very little, has very little responsibility for anything about what they do there and how they got there. Um, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's like, I don't know. I mean, this is the cycle now, you know? And the cycle has all of these parts. And weirdly, I think like the cycle is just there to feed the content machine in some way. You know, there's so much content. There's so much black hole content. There's so much content about like literally everything. Like Elizabeth Holmes, they're still they're still generating more content about around Elizabeth Holmes. Now there's another show. Kate McKinnon's gonna be in a show based on the podcast, based on the story by John Carreau. It's like uh, sometimes like can't just one thing be a thing, you know? Like, yeah, anyhow, but I'm just saying like the black hole cycle is <laughs> the black hole cycle is, you know, excitement. Uh, Things used that. to end with a ride in a theme park that used to be the last stop for like a piece of it was like they have the black hole ride now. Yeah. After ten, 10 years later, they made a black hole ride. Remember the black hole or whatever? Actually, black hole ride would be cool. Now it ends with um, a streaming show or an app. That's the two places where content, like, that's where we're like, well, we've done it. We've processed this as a society, yeah. and yeah. we can move on. No. Now it's like, yeah, anyhow, so this whole cycle is like, okay, so the black hole shows up, then people are mad because the picture's bad, then people are, like, mad because people are mad the picture's bad. Then it's like, this amazing woman helped to, you know, get it done, and everybody's like, oh, my God, fantastic. But then people are like, how dare a woman get credit for anything? And it's like, then people are like, the YouTube algo is broken. And like Charlie Warzel writes, is, you know, I'm sure he's already written a, a New York Times. Charlie Warzel, most people will say, I don't know if you know who he is. He he's a, a basically tracks um, how bad the internet is. He has a column every week about how bad the internet is in the New York Times now. I'm sure he's got a column that's like, this is why YouTube needs to be regulated or something like that. And then it's just like the cycle repeats, you know? Which is it's fine. It's just astonishing because um, YouTube and a couple other places are where basically all information and content ends up eventually. And the fact that those places are bad does not have anything. I mean, it does a little bit have stuff to do with like oh, the overall news landscape, but every single flashpoint of a news event does not need a piece about how YouTube recommends bad videos about it. Because like we right. know, we know well, that but, but YouTube also, recommends bad videos about everything. Well, but also we live, but of course the, the flip side of that is we live in an environment where, um, where everything needs as much content as possible. So like there's a YouTube channel person, the guy who made the video bashing Katie ba Bauman or Booman, ba I don't know how you pronounce it. Anyhow, but bashing her where his like lifeblood is making videos that get Gamergate people riled up and alt-right people mad and like MRA guys. And like that's his career. So now he has to feed the fucking, um, you know, the coal engine of his career, which happens to be doing those videos. And it's like, um, I'm not, look, I mean, technology's brought us amazing things. YouTube's brought us amazing things, but, and I'm not, I'm not here to bitch about, I'm not going to bitch about YouTube because I think we've done enough bitching about it. Like, I'm actually like, I'm, I've made my peace with the whole existence of how bad it is and how like, I mean, you know, I haven't, it's still bad. It's just like, I'm sick of talking about, like, we know how no, bad. No, I know. I'm sick of talking about it too. And I'm saying like, like, you know, YouTube, the algorithm will either, either get better or not, but like there is, n there's never going to be an end to people who want to spread shitty 
you know, disinformation or misinformation or lies or nasty shit. And by the way, look at this like Logan Paul shit, by the way. I mean, I don't want to get into a whole Alex Jones thing, but is it Logan Paul or his brother? I can't remember because they're indistinguishable because they both suck equally. Which one is the suicide force? That's Logan Paul, right? Um, yeah, he yeah, had Logan Alex Paul Jones. Suicide. He had Alex Jones on his show. You know, Logan Paul's fan base is like 15 year olds. And like Alex Jones is a fucking monster who's literally being sued by the parents of murdered children for like causing them insane suffering. And like, why is that guy having Alex Jones on his show? For clicks. I mean, for clicks, but also because he's a dumbass, you know? And like, he doesn't have like, whoever's like guiding his career doesn't have brains enough to be like, Hey, you know what? Since you did the suicide forest thing and all the other dumb shit that you do, maybe like don't have the Sandy Hook was a false flag, harass these parents of murdered children guy on. Well, I mean, you know, and this is part of the like Shane Dawson thing where like he makes these little conspiracy videos about Chuck E. Cheese or whatever. But he also in other interviews says like, well, maybe Sandy Hook was, you know, maybe Sandy Hook was crisis actors. I don't know. It's an interesting thought. Shane Dawson said that? Yeah. Oh, he can he can go fuck himself. And like it's so I I barely even know who Shane Dawson is. He's a YouTube guy, right? He can seriously. Yeah, he had sex with a cat. Um Oh, did he? Oh, he's the guy with sex with a cat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then he got engaged the next day. It's very all been there. It's an interesting journey with that was probably the hurdle to the engagement. But all of this is for comedy. It's oh is he wait he got engaged to he's is he gay? Is he got engaged to a dude? Bye, and he got engaged to a dude. Okay, okay, fine. Well, his boyfriend is probably like, I'm not going to get married to you unless you fuck a cat. You know, that's my, that's where I draw the line. That's such a funny joke. It's so funny. Like, <laughs> I don't know. having Alex Jones on my channel is so funny. Isn't that funny? I mean, is that, wait, it's did so he funny. actually fuck his cat? I don't, is that it? Is that he, like, true? He told a story on his podcast, which was always mixed with fictionalized and real horrifying Ugh, things. I can't, I can't. And he told a story about how he fucked his cat as if it was true, but there's no indication that it was a joke. And also the way he told it. You could tell when he was joking and when he wasn't, and it was one of those things where he was yeah. like, "I don't know, I was 14 and I was experimenting." I know. Listen, like, I'm glad. I'm glad we've yeah. democratized. I'm glad we've democratized like content creation. But I um I do long for the days when like studios would be like, "Yeah, I, this guy maybe isn't going to be the guy for us because yeah. like he seems like he may have fucked his cat at some point." You know, like there is a there is a system that like weeded out some shit like guys who fuck their cats. You know, uh, I mean, it also was like run by Harvey Weinstein. So I mean, yeah, you know, it's a Listen, fucking toss up, isn't it? Choose between Harvey Weinstein they're, and the marketplace of ideas. They're, they're bad. It's bad all over. All right, let's talk about some things that aren't bad. Maybe there's some stuff to discuss. Star Wars, is, Disney Plus. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about. Can we talk about Star Wars? Yeah. Okay. Wow, this is a hard pivot from cat fucking to Star Wars. Is it? That's how you do it on the Tomorrow podcast. I don't know. I'd climb um, a Wookiee. Okay, so, wow. So I saw the, is, is it Wookiee, uh, is it a cat? Is it in the cat family? Like a dog? I think it's more like a dog. The Star Wars people. I feel like, I feel like it's like a dog. Like if, it's like, um, it's like a. a um, it's like a chow uh, chow or like a What is the British, what is the British, um. Uh, space sitcom that I used to watch, Red Dwarf. Oh it's yeah, like the Red Dwarf. I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever watched Red Dwarf. It's an yeah. amazing show, and I and I watch all of it. I'm like I can't believe I blanked on it. Uh, but part of the plot is like you know like there's like a cat left in like a spaceship over like millions of years or something, and it evolved to like a cat man. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, like the, the race of cats evolved to cat men mm-hmm. and, and and cat ladies, I assume. Um, Anyhow, so I was like, I was watching the star. I saw the Star Wars trailer pop on Twitter, which it actually broke Twitter, by the way, for a second. Like Twitter definitely glitched. Um, like it like stopped working for a moment. Mm-hmm. 
So I started watching the new Star Wars trailer for what uh, we episode. Need. No, what we need is there to just be Star Wars trailer after Star Wars trailer after Star Wars trailer and really just ruin <laughs> it forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? Wait, what is this number? What number is this one? Nine? Nine. Yeah, it's called Rise of the Skywalkers. Skywalker? Skywalker. Sky- Rise of Skywalkers? Or is there an S? Rise of Skywalker. Mm, okay, very vague. There's a lot of questions, a lot of big questions being raised out there. Okay, so anyhow, I watched the trailer, which – like I honestly think I honestly feel through the entire trailer. I was like, mm, yeah, I'm not feeling this. Like I was like, this is kind of not doing it for me. Um, it felt sort of like all of the expected things and also nothing, you know, it was like, oh, some people are fighting like Ray's jumping over a thing for no reason. I think I- I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand the opening scene is like Ray running ahead of a tie fighter. I believe I'm not an expert on the aircraft of star star Wars, but and then jumping over it, but it's like maybe just run the other like to the side instead of jumping over it. I feel like it'd be easier just to if you could jump up, you could jump over. I, anyhow, <laughs> not to not to. All I could think when she did that was like just drop your lightsaber down, slice through the 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 vehicle, and then you're. Oh yeah, maybe get low. Yeah, you know what I do? I use my lightsaber to get dig a hole real quick and jump into the hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why run? Actually, if you dug the hole. And got in there with the – I'm sure the lightsaber can cut through and then, the ground, yeah, right? And then you cut through the ground, you get down, then you hold the lightsaber up, and you just slice yeah, it in <laughs> Just half, fucking chop the thing in half, right? Yeah. Exactly. What was she doing jumping over so I much effort? No it's such a movie thing. It's like walking away from an explosion. It's exactly yeah. the same thing. It's like there's <laughs> no good reason. Point, or three-point landing like Spider-Man, which is like yeah, yes. yeah, but listen, thing I, you could do. But it's 100% true that if something's exploding in a big way behind you, like you're going to just take cover. Like even if you're far enough away that you don't think – like, even if you're really far away, you're going to kind of want to be able to crouch down behind something. Yeah. You never know if some shrapnel is going to come flying out sure. of you. If you're not looking at it, especially. Okay, anyhow. So so the whole time I'm like, whatever. I don't care. This is just not doing it for me. I uh, I didn't watch Solo. I started Solo. It's on Netflix. I started it, and I was like, you know what? I got like 10 minutes in. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Like, it just didn't – I felt nothing. Yeah. Okay? I really did not like The Last Jedi. I thought – you know, it had a bunch of stuff in it that made no sense and was bad. It had a couple of things that were amazing. Like there were some, there were some moments in the last Jedi that were truly amazing. And then there were a lot of moments where I was like, this is really fucking dumb. This is dumb. Um, <clears throat> like casino town or whatever. <laughs> I, 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 I loved the last Jedi. And there were oh a couple God. seconds in it that I was like, this is stupid. This is stupid. But guess what? I thought oh that about God. all the star Wars. <laughs> no, 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 no. Force Awakens. Force Awakens is tight. It's no, really, really the monster fight where that monster comes out that like no, nah, that was fine. It was fine. That could have been it was, cut. I mean, it could have been cut, but it wasn't like I hated it. Casino Town. I like it. Wasn't Town. it? Wasn't like it, you know what? Casino not, Town's gonna be Casino Town's gonna be a great uh, hotel in Disney World, and I'm gonna yeah, love in it. Dis- <laughs> Disney Disney World Plus, or whatever they're calling it. Okay, wait a second. So so then, okay, so I watched the trailer. I'm like, whatever. But then at the very end of the trailer, there is a laugh. Which sounds exactly like Emperor Palpatine, my favorite character in the entire Star Wars universe, yeah. the character that I root for personally, and uh, and then uh, Ian McDermott, McDermott, the guy who plays him, came out on stage at the Disney event. So I think what they're telling us, unless they're really fucking with the fans, in which case I think people will literally fucking riot, is that Emperor Palpatine is going to fucking pop back up in this episode, and if that's the case. I mean, I don't care what happens in the movie. Honestly, I will give them all of my money. All I want to see is Emperor Palpatine 
doing some fucking lightning fingers. Some, yeah, some really messed up <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, he's gonna be fucked up. Can you imagine? I mean, honestly, first off, I mean, all of my dreams are about connecting like the Phantom Menace to the final Star Wars entry. You know, like, I, you know, I mean, you know, my theory about you know Snoke being Yaddle, which I think we cannot rule out. We may be able to rule back in, <laughs> given given what we know. I mean, that Snoke that was killed could have been like a fake Snoke, like a robot Snoke. Folk. Folk. And the actual Snoke is Yaddle hanging out with Emperor Palpatine, having been turned to the dark side. It was Yaddle and Palpatine after the, you know, he like crawled out of some fucking ooze or whatever. Anyhow, whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is that Palpatine's going to be in the new Star Wars, and I'm pretty excited about that. And if he's not, I'm going to kill everyone associated yeah, with Star if Wars. We get some kind of like <laughs> some like hologram message that's like <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Emperor Palpatine, popping up yeah, from the past. Not information, like I'm like you know, like, my mind. It'd be like Kylo Ren's been working off like a bunch of tapes that he left behind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like he's got a. It's like Palpatine's masterclass on how to rule the empire. Hey guys, <laughs> be sure to click subscribe and like. <laughs> it's, it's Emperor, Pal- Emperor Palpatine's fucking vlog. <laughs> He's like, and if you uh, fight a Skywalker, don't forget to. It's like, whatever. Okay, I don't. That's next, not a good Palpatine voice. In the next video, we prank people at the park. Fucking Palpatine making an appearance on Logan Paul's talk show, doing the ice bucket challenge. <laughs> <laughs> this is. I'm sorry. This is all great content. We should do. I mean, honestly, we should quit what we're doing right now, both of us, and just start a fucking channel, which is Emperor Palpatine's vlog. And all this should all be happening. We'd be making so much money. I mean, sure, we get sued. Pranks. Anyhow, so good. So he good. goes on fucking hot ones. <laughs> you know, but like he kills the hosts or whatever. He does a makeup tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he needs it. You know what I'm saying? You seen that guy's face? Not good. Not good. It's crazy. Anyhow, okay. So, so that's so. There's that. So there's a new Star Wars coming in December, and I gotta say, I'm pretty excited now that yeah. there's a Palpatine laugh in it. Um. And then uh, Disney announced its streaming service, Disney Plus, which I have to say, like, I'm going to get. I mean, yeah, I'm like, going to get it. I'm definitely going to get Disney Plus. I was thinking, like, just for the fact that uh, just for the fact that it's um, got all the kids movies, like all the stuff that Zelda's into and all the shows like she's she's so completely hook, line, and sinker in the Disney universe, you know? I mean, once again, Disney owns 40% of all entertainment. So if you, if like, if they have everything, like their whole back catalog, it's a pretty easy purchase for $6.99 a month. Like they are, yeah. they're doing what we told Apple to do, which was like under, like price it real low, make it available everywhere and just blow it out with content if this is what you want to do, because it's the yeah. only way to do it. No, and I, I have to say, the other night I made the mistake of subscribing to CBS All Access for reasons that, I mean, I assume oh. drinking is probably the number one reason. But we watch a couple episodes of the, <clears throat> excuse me, we watch a couple episodes of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. And I actually found myself enjoying them more than I expected. Yeah, Jordan Peele, it can be relied upon. I mean, they're basically just like the old Twilight Zone in that they're, they are kind of cheesy. Oh, no, totally. But they're like, bad. but they're kind of good. I mean, they're kind of like popcorny in a way that you want. I mean, I feel like, They've gotten a very bad rap because people are like, they think it's going to be like Black Mirror, which takes itself so seriously. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I think that they, I mean, the whole thing with, with, with him sitting, doing the Rod Serling thing is like, it's, it's almost like Key and Peele level. Like it's sort of comical. I mean, maybe because it's him, but like, 
it's also it kind of works. I like it. I I, thought, I I think the whole time, like you know, I I went into it with zero expectations. I did not want it to be Black Mirror, so I'm like happy. Yes, with what I've seen. So yes, I think it stands on its own in a in a way that is very uniquely Twilight Zone, and that's good. Um, the the uh, yeah, the Adam Scott one was pretty bad, though. I have to say. I mean, there's going to be duds. It's not as if the I mean, its own original run had a perfect record. No, no, it didn't. I mean, there are there are like episodes you definitely can skip. I mean, I've been going through watching the old Twilight Zones, and there are definitely episodes where I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm gonna watch this one. Yeah, because who cares, really? I mean, you also know? there's some repeat plots in that original run, like like the twists are basically. Oh yeah. Oh no, all the time. They're like it's a, the doll comes to life, and then it turns out that it's it was in the person's head. It's like yeah, we did that six times, <laughs> or something like that. There's like a couple of plots that are just like you think you're alive, but you're actually dead, or like you think you're in a town, but you're a child's plaything, or yeah. you think that you're a human, but you're an alien, or you think someone's an like, alien, but they're actually you're on a human. One planet, but you're on another planet. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that are like uh, astronauts crash land mm-hmm. somewhere, and they're like we crash landed on a planet and it's like very planet of the apes where it's like, wait a second, we're in Arizona and I just killed everyone. Yeah. Or that's or an actual, like, that's an actual, or they're like, we're on earth and we're definitely on earth, 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 earth. <laughs> yeah. up, no, we're not. We're somewhere other than earth. <laughs> it's, the, it's the exact opposite plot. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah, yeah it, no, it's, but you know, it's still fucking good. Anyhow. Yeah. I mean, planet um, of the apes is still a great movie. So, so Disney, so the Disney, getting back to Disney Plus. So I got CBS All Access, which I'm definitely immediately regretting. Like, I'm like, what am I going to watch? I mean, watch here? The good oh, like, fight. like, what? Watch The Good Fight. Yeah. Actually, uh, several people have been like, you should watch The Good Fight. And now I'm like, maybe I should watch The Good Fight. I love The Good Wife up until Josh Charles kicked the bucket. Sorry, spoiler alert. Spoiler. Did, did we talk about this last week? This is years ago. It's fine. Oh, my God. Anyhow, um, but I feel like, um, it was not a good use of my money, but I do think that Disney Plus would be a good use of my money. I What's mean, annoying... there's going to be one good Star Wars and one good Marvel series out of the bunch that they've launched. Some of them are going to be duds. Some of them are going to be pretty good. They're going to have every movie and TV show that they've ever released. And there's going to be some weird new original stuff that we're like, oh, everybody's really into, you know, chapsticks and wallets. This is just something I just saw. Um, oh, well, everyone's into, you know, Ryan's Cat, the new show on Disney Plus. And they're going to. Oh, yeah, something. right. And they'll have something at least once every month or so that's. Like, I mean, so good because they're Disney. No, I mean, nobody's more capable of producing content that people want to see than Disney. So, like, so it's you know what great. I'm saying? Like, like if they can do f- half of what Netflix has done, which they definitely can, there's going to be a reason to have it. Yeah. But here's what's annoying to me. I so by the way, first off, I'm like seriously considering going back to cable. Like, I actually think this entire thing with streaming stuff has been an engineering project to get people to go back to cable because, I, like, I, so I have Directv now. And they have like a DVR and I'm like DVRing SNL. So I'm like, oh, like last night we didn't see it when it aired. I'm like, oh, we can watch it. We're DVRing it. It's like, it's not there. It's not really a DVR. It's like Hulu light or something yeah. where it'll like show up later, but not at an at indeterminate moment or something. Yeah. And it's like, it's the buggiest app I've ever used. It's complete trash. And every time I use it, I'm like, I should just get a fucking cable box, you know? I and like, love and now, cable. and now like. With like Disney Plus and Netflix and Hulu and CBS All Access, I know everybody talks about this all the time, but it really is so shitty for end users. It is so shitty for consumers of content, which is like, you know, 
Um, My cable box sucks and it is a piece of trash from like 2004 and it hasn't been updated and blah, blah, blah. But guess what? I can watch everything live reliably. Everything I ask it to record, it records. It gets me access into all the apps. I can watch, you know, streaming on every screen in my own apartment. Like it's not it. the actual functionality and the way the UI is built nightmare. But the fact that everything is there. And then yeah. you with Netflix and Hulu and like I guess Disney Plus and like Wait, what do you wait, wait, what do you have? Oh no, no, no. I don't it doesn't come with Netflix and Hulu, but my Sprint subscription comes with Hulu for free. So I just pay for oh, okay. Netflix and I basically have everything in that whole roll up. And yeah, but it, at some you can't, point but at some point there someone's just gonna come along and roll all of these up. No, they're not. They're not gonna do it. That's the thing. It's everybody's setting out their little weird fiefdom. I think Apple's like, we'll be the center of this, but Netflix is like, no, you won't. And I guarantee you that Disney and all these other people are going to be like, no, you won't, because they're not going to put their shit on their platform. Like, you maybe will make it searchable, but you're still jumping from app to app. Like, like it, there is a – let's put it this way. If it weren't for this insane competition that somebody's going to be like the top, the winner of TV, okay, there is a solution, a completely knowable, obvious solution for making content experiences better for consumers that no one can accomplish or achieve because of the way that everybody's building these like walls around their ecosystems. And, you know, it, this is, this is the story of like all of the worst, some of the worst moments in technology is like, I mean, some of the best, sure, assuredly, like, you know, look at Apple in, in many ways, but like that moment where you're like, okay, all of this stuff is available, but it's all talking, speaking a different language. And now we have these like weird intermediaries that, speak some of the language but not all of it and you're like it really is a fucking nightmare for consumers yeah i mean it is a nightmare for consumers it's a nightmare for like my dad has no idea how to watch anything or where it is and he just ends up just opening the netflix app and finding something he wants to watch as opposed to the thing he wanted to watch because he truly has no idea how any of it works or like how to get to any of it he yeah basically has this smart tv set up to just open netflix and then his tv in the living room is set up just to open cable and so if he watches something live that's where he watches it if he watches something on netflix that's where he watches it and he's just terrified to mess with any of it and right. i know well, that that's like a dying off generation but even people my age at this point have so many logins floating around and places to watch and then i'm like have you watched drag race and they're like oh i stopped watching because it switched to vh1 and i don't have that in my package and so I'll buy it when it's on iTunes, but you know, right now I need a login and I don't want to pay for cable. And it's a whole thing. And I'm like, this is a nightmare. This isn't good. This isn't a good experience. Yeah. No, it's it's um it's so so anyhow, the I guess it's, look, it's a luxury, okay? I mean, we're talking about a luxury situation where like you have access to all of the possible movies and TV you could ever want to watch. So I guess like it's hard to kind of form a real complaint about it because it's like, oh wow, you have to like work a little bit harder to watch a movie or a tv show it's like yeah true but this is where it's all headed this is what everybody's kind of being airdropped into and you want it to be a good experience for consumers at any level and it isn't you know it just is not i mean this is why like i wonder if like something like the cavo which somehow supersedes all of it and takes a layer away from and i haven't i didn't use the cavo enough to get a sense of of i know you've used it um to, to you know takes a layer of just abstraction uh, and puts it on top of all of this stuff and is like okay i'm gonna do this for you that may be the ultimate thing because it is like i don't care what the other things are doing i don't care what the language of yeah. these things are if you have netflix if you have disney plus if you have this like i will find it i'll get it on and you don't have to think about it i think if it can work well like using 
if it can like actually read the screen and use machine but learning and all that does, shit. It just works on the TV because then when you go to your phone and you want to watch something on the go, then you have 1900 apps to download. What you need is like Kavo needs to basically be a brain that can stream to other devices. Yeah. And it which needs then will create some kind of regulatory hell world that Kavo will put Kavo out of business if they're not already going out of business. It's going to be movie past 2.0. But anyhow, but I'm excited in the sense that I think that they're going to do a good job with the service. Yeah. Um, There's going to be great shows on it. And I'm glad that they've removed the layer of having to make deals with Hulu and Netflix and ABC. Yeah, but what happens? But what happens with. So apparently they're going to include Hulu in the package. Yeah. So uh, listen, if Hulu's included, I mean, that's really big i mean that's huge to me like but then it's like it's, it's cbs and all these other people they're gonna start pulling their shit off of hulu because it's like why would i want to make it available to like the disney plus subscriber when i could have it over in my cbs all access app or whatever i don't know whatever the point is what really sucks is like are we gonna be in a situation where things just never show up on netflix like movies never show up on netflix or can they not ignore that size of that audience um, I think we're going to be in a situation where Disney movies won't show up on Netflix. Yes, because they 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 don't care how big that audience is. They're just going to brute force. They have such a war chest and such good movies that once they've marketed Disney Plus to every mom and dad in America, they really don't care if some college student has a Netflix subscription and is trying to not buy Disney or whatever. Like, and plus they're serving. But I mean, cheaper. but I mean, people get net. I mean, they they make money off of Netflix. Like, it's not like they're not making money off of that licensing deal. Yeah, but I think they're thinking long term. Yeah, I guess so. Anyhow, I'm like cautiously optimistic about it. I'm, I'm mad about the fact that there's gonna be so many. I mean, one thing I'm not worried about is Apple's Apple's thing. Like. <laughs> I, it just doesn't feel at all to me like I listen. There's already too much TV. I mean, honestly, Apple's thing at this point with this Disney stuff and whatever else, like Apple's thing is going to fail. There's going to be a couple of shows that are must watch on it, and then it will die on the vine. And I also think CBS, if they don't step their shit up, they're just going to end up reselling their shows to another service. Yeah. I, I think just having like like CBS shows that are, I mean, I, I was imp- I'm impressed that Twilight Zone like has swearing and stuff in it. That's cool. Like. I think if they're kind of making it their HBO, that's great. But they need to like step up. Can't just I think Star the, Trek, New Twilight Zone, and then they're like, we also have every I Love Lucy episode. Like that. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you can watch, you know, rewatch all Big Bang Theory. It's like, okay, cool. Like, but that that's not seven dollars a month is not worth it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, all right, let's jam through a couple of other things because you know we don't have a ton of time, and I want to get through some other uh, topics. Can we talk about this? Um, this uh, this Pepsi Constellation oh, story. God, of course we can. <laughs> so John Christ, John Christian, who's a great writer, uh, who is I guess he's writing at Futurism now, which is a site that I know very little about, but I will get. I got to say this is a story that's going to make a lot of people read Futurism. Um, he got a scoop that Pepsi is working with. This is the one of the most dy- dystopian stories I've ever seen in my entire life. It is like such an incredible piece of like if this was in a fucking science fiction book, you'd be like. This is that'll you'll be like, that'll never happen. That's so far out there. Pepsi is working with a rocket Russian rocket company that is basically like we can make a fake constellation in the sky for you as an ad. Like people will look up at the night sky and see a constellation, but it won't be stars. It'll be an ad for Pepsi and it will be an ad for a Pepsi product that is apparently an energy drink aimed at um, dispelling rumors and and bad narratives about gamers like basically aimed at like clearing the, you know the name of gamer gators or something like or at gamer gators like i don't know I, it's like 
you, it's as if you'd had those little words that people put on their fridges to make like funny poems, um, but they were all horrible things. And then you just shuffled them around yeah. and you're like, it's a space constellation made by a global food, you know, processor for an energy drink about gamer games. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 comple- it's completely nuts. It's a great story. And I'm not, I can't do it justice by talking about it. All I can say is it's, it's horrendous, but also like who was, who's to stop them? I mean, nobody owns the sky. You know, yeah, and well, yeah, but I mean, like, this is going to happen, right? I mean, is there any regulation that can stop this from happening? I mean, it's above no. Earth. Like, once you get the rocket out there, like, no one, even even if they were like, yeah, we don't want you to do this, what are they going to do? Fly a rock, another rocket up there, and blow up your fake constellation? I will say that if they think that Kendall Jenner thing went over poorly, they need to see how everyone's going to feel when they cannot get away. Pepsi, from a, no, seriously, Pepsi needs a new market. They need a new. They seriously need a new marketing team. It's like the logo thing, which was like a running joke for ages about their like insane hundred page logo PDF. If you ever, it, by the way, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> it's so good. It's like a find like Pepsi logo PDF somewhere and read through. It's like the deck that their design firm presented them about like how the, the new Pepsi logo is at like the center of all things in life. It is the They're most. Like, it was. It was essentially like it was like um, the number forty two, or like or like the ancient runes and lost or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was like this is the most complicated. Like this logo has the power of a god. Yeah, no, it's like um, <laughs> it's either it's either the most incredible parody, like you know, it's the most incredible subtle parody of all time, or it's like exactly what you think is going on all the time when like major corporations try to come up with like new logos where it's, it's like shocking. they have to tell themselves so many crazy lies to justify like a very minor like a and not necessary graphic switch. design change yeah. but also the people who are doing it have to justify getting paid millions of dollars to like sell them on a new logo which probably took them mm-hmm. 20 minutes to make and yeah so there's that it's an amazing story um there's this facebook story they shipped a bunch of oculus controllers with messages like big brother is watching like, yeah all, all i can say i understand like probably was some kind of in joke for the dev version or something or maybe it was some kind of marketing scheme that nobody ever figured out so they didn't become like a news story and before the new oculus comes out they want to get that story out there so they can get their little round of awareness that <sighs> facebook makes virtual reality products That's i mean maybe all, all all i could say is that like it's one of those things where you're like i tweeted about this as well i mean i don't want to repeat myself but it is i'm sort of like it's incredible because sometimes facebook fucks up in a way where you're like that doesn't seem like you should even be able to fuck up in that way. Like it yeah. should be, it should be hard for you to do something that bad yeah, and dumb. Really difficult to do secret etching of messages. Yeah, on like, the board. like somewhere along the chain, somebody should have been like, uh, wait a second. We're not going to put that on there. Right. There's like, should have been like probably a hundred people who saw it, who might've been like, wait a second. Uh, and they didn't. Which I think they wanted to have their own little I love bees and it didn't work. So now they're like, uh, accidentally, like, oh, come on. It's weird. You guys are lame. You suck. Marketing sucks. It's really bad. I don't know. Anyhow, there's that thing. Um, let's see. What else? What do we really want to hit here on our Game list? of Thrones is coming hit. back today. Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, that's right. But well, I should say we're recording this late because of all the travel and stuff. Um, next week, we will not be late. But um, <laughs> we say this every I week. know, but this is real now. We have, we have an actual podcast yeah. space in the new in the office that we're not fully moved into, but we have access to, which is the the BDG, the Bustle office, um, which is fantastic. There's, there's all kinds of stuff there, like cold brew and uh, Diet Cokes. And I'm mainly interested in the beverages, but uh also a podcast room so that's fantastic um we're getting back to normalcy um but uh the um 
Wait, what are we talking Game about? Game of Thrones is coming back, and the outline. Oh uh, yeah, Game of Thrones. One day of coverage. We did. We did. Yeah, Jeremy was like, "There's so much. The content machine for Game of Thrones is so ridiculous and insane." Like he's like, "I think it might be fun to do one day where we do a bunch of Game of Thrones content." And so, as part of that, we did a, a one. I think it'll end up being probably a single shot. We're not going to do more of them. Um, uh, an episode of Out West, which is our Westworld theory show called Out Westeros, um, which was Jeremy's brainchild. And uh, you know, I got to say. I forgot about a lot of shit that happened on the show. I'm excited for its return. I don't. I just want it to end. I, I just want it to end. I, I'm so sick of and over it. It feels like it's been coming back for a hundred years. I've been seeing these Iron Thrones dropped in places and oh my God. photo shoots here and marketing thing here and a BuzzFeed video with Sansa eating popsicles or whatever. Yeah. I'm done. I am done with Game of Thrones and the content of it all. It was a no, good show. It's, it's a fine is, show. It, it's my a great, favorite show of all time is Buffy. And if they did any of this for Buffy, I would have stopped watching Buffy. I'm no, so it's, it. it's very entertaining. I will say this. Like, the show's tremendously entertaining, and I've enjoyed it. I, it's, I can't say there's ever been a moment where like, I was like, no, I'm out. I mean, <clears throat> there were moments that definitely pushed buttons, but like... There was a lot of rape stuff that I was like, Yeah. Uh, I mean, the rape stuff is... I mean, there's horrible men all over the show. I mean, one of Laura's theories is that by the end of the show, all the men are dead, because like, you know, while a few episodes, a few uh, seasons ago, their whole thing was like, all men must die. And I'm yeah. like, that would be fucking pretty sick if it literally every man died. Um bad for ultimately for procreation but they'll figure it out get a few white walkers going or something mm-hmm. um anyhow but getting back on topic i think game of thrones is fine and great and i love it yeah it's a good show but, i'm just sick of all this like churn I just, well to just the point to, the, to, to what we were talking about is like the i feel like the whole there's gonna be whole websites that go out of business after game of thrones goes off the air like oh, hell yeah there TV is no recap, there, there are whole tv recap sites that their entire business model predicates on like game of thrones and a couple other things minorly and they have whole podcast studios and like like if game of thrones whole season dropped at once that would shutter the media model for a few like but, websites but i just like i'm like i'm into it but I, honestly i've never i mean I've, I've read some things i've read a couple of recaps here or there you know because you're you're ha- you're gonna happen upon them in the many years of its existence but I've never really felt the w- about Game of Thrones the way I feel about a lot of other things, which is like I want to go deep on the like on the lore and read up on all the theories because I think maybe because there's so much of it because yeah, George R. R. Martin has been so detailed in his books and there's so many fans of the books that are, have really gone to like tremendous effort to kind of piece it together that it's almost like daunting. And so the, then the content recap sort of ecosystem that lives around it has also not seemed like something that was that I was that interested in. And so I don't know. I mean, I assume a lot of people read that stuff, listen to it, whatever. I mean, a lot do. Yeah. But I, I guess, yeah, I just, I never, it never connected with me. It never felt to me like, um, I had to be a voracious sort of, um, no, you just do that for Westworld. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, well, Westworld's like, they were like, what if lost, but 10 X and without any, even less of a point and less of a story. They're like, what? (laughs) Yeah. They're like, what if we did lost? But really, really didn't give a shit about finding answers to these questions. And nobody likes any of the characters. How about that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm a big fan of uh, what you know, what characters. They're all like interchangeable <laughs> now. They're like yeah. Jeffrey Wright is Evan Rachel Wood. And I don't fucking know. What's going- okay. Anyhow, uh, you want to talk a little bit about some politics, maybe? Maybe about Julian Assange? Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Julian Assange and his cat. Yeah. So. Okay, so the cat thing I'm just catching up on. Well, let's just hold on. This is for for everybody. So everybody knows. I assume people listening know. Julian Assange was um, 
arrested at the Ecuadorian embassy and is being extradited to America uh, to face charges on, I don't know, being a creep on the dance floor. Okay. He's uh, got conspiracy hacking indictment. Yeah. So, okay. So Julian Assange was, uh, has been arrested and he's being extradited to the U.S. apparently um, on a charge that he conspired to hack military computers, um, which is like related to the related to um uh to the chelsea manning obviously to the chelsea manning case um but it's like really thin and bad it's like they basically are saying that he tried to help her crack a password to access military computers so it's like spying i guess yeah um and it's a pretty weak charge uh and look i'm not gonna defend julian assange i think he's actually pretty awful i think he's done some worse i I think like he's actually done some things that have been good in the past there are things that he's done that have been important in terms of leaking shit that's in government transparency and and like whistleblower leaks are good things it doesn't make him a good person or yeah like i'm not gonna write off everything the guy's ever done but i will say that his later stage existence has been seeming to me seems universally pretty fucking bad and he seems to be like positioned fighting the wrong people in the wrong ways um but like this whole case is is very suspicious and strange um it's also crazy because you know trump loves wikileaks and like literally was like you know high-fiving wikileaks during his campaign now he's like wikileaks not really my thing he's like yeah i mean like any i mean like of course it doesn't matter i mean trump literally everything he says is garbage it does not matter like i if i had to work with him if i was like a a politician to work with him i'd be like literally nothing he says is meaningful and we should just ignore it because he's a complete fucking liar but anyhow so so you know this is it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out because it sets a lot of really uh, fairly wild precedents for like I think what you can do in terms of, of uh, you know, going after um, people who are involved in leaking, you know, in, in leaking documents. And I think that they've got a pretty thin case here, but it might not matter because it's like the fix is kind of in, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I mean, they really they're going to get him. They're going to, yeah, they're going to railroad him. Do you think there's any chance? I'm going to give you a little conspiracy theory for a second. Is there any chance that Julian Assange has access to or something really serious on Trump? And Trump's strategy for getting him, like, away from releasing that or even talking about it is to, like, get him into some, like, solitary confinement. Or to get him in a position where, like, he wants a pardon and they make a deal of some kind. Or to get him in a position where he can give him information on other people that Assange has. I mean, this is a completely ridiculous conspiracy theory that makes no sense. Yeah, we're now in, like, alias Yeah. Yeah, but it would be, you know, I mean, we're living in kind of a science fiction world, as we've previously discussed, so it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. Um, anyhow, so that's that story's unfolding, but then there's this other side story, which is his cat. What is going on with his cat? I don't know anything about his cat. Can you fill me in on this? So he he was staying in the Ecuadorian embassy, and he was had a very contentious relationship with them because he could he didn't have, like, basic hygiene and he couldn't keep his space clean and he was he had a cat that like he was i guess like was his companion and he was not caring for it in a healthy way and so after he was like 
after he was arrested and has left the embassy, the internet kind of exploded with people being like, where's the cat? Is the cat taken care of? And it was kind of a cutesy story. And then it was kind of a serious story because it was like, what actually happens in this kind of a situation? Um, so after Assange left and smeared human shit all over the walls of the Ecuadorian mm-hmm. embassy. We've all been um, there. <laughs> um, the internet kind of tried to track down where the cat would be and what would have happened to it. And I think it ends up that the cat is fine, but it was sort of a weird, um, it was a weird like point of entry for this into the story for a bunch of people who did not understand what was going on. Um, and it was sort of the internet doing a thing and the, the, digesting the news stories in the strangest way possible. Um, but it ends up the cat's fine and very cute. <laughs> it was just interesting to watch people like metabolize the story through the lens of like caring about an in- a f- internet famous cat because he wore a bow tie, like his welfare <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. It was very strange. Yeah. I, uh, it's, um, it's interesting. I mean, it makes sense that Julian Assange would have a cat. Like, that all checks out to me. Um, it's sort of like, you know, evil Bond villain of him to have a cat, I feel like. Not that he's yeah. a villain, but, well, he's not I a mean, good guy. I mean, you start smearing shit on walls. And you, and yeah, you, I don't know. Pronounce he it looks, all right. He looks, I mean, he looks insane. And- he, he, he looks truly wild in the, in the photos uh, that I've seen of him. He's got a... Definite look going on, like uh, a guy who's been at the Ecuadorian embassy for seven years or whatever. So, like, yeah, he definitely looks like um, when a villain in a movie, like like the fourth sequel, the villain from the first movie emerges and he's been living in a cave. Yeah, no, he looks like the the villain from uh, Mission Impossible who shows up in like the new movie or the movie before it, and he's got like a beard and stuff. He's yeah, like he's all but he's, like, but he's a but he's a redhead, so it's like crazy. There's human shit all over the walls. Again, I just want to make sure <laughs> yeah. everyone knows about the human shit. He's smeared all it. over the walls. <laughs> I think we got it. Anyhow, that's it. I don't know what else there is to say. It's kind of a mess. <clears throat> um, um, I'll say this. Uh, let Chunsley Manning out of prison. And uh, like, I would like to know what is actually going on. Now, I don't think that we... This is one of those news stories that like, will we see Trump's tax returns and understand the, the bar bars like redacted version of the Mueller report? Like all of that seems like eventually it'll come out. This Julian Assange stuff, I... For all the talk of transparency and WikiLeaks and leaking and whistleblowing, I kind of think we're never going to hear what's really the fuck going on. Yeah. It's um, it's so, like, obfuscated through so many layers in governments and, like, you know, stories and weird figures and goochifers and, like, stupid Ugh, bullshit. My favorite like, hacker. I truly yeah. don't understand what's happening half the time. And I it, really am following the news story. It is always – it, there is always that kind of that angle where you're like, is it this big, well-thought-out, totally planned conspiracy? Or is it and, a crazy person spreading human shit on the wall? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 is, and are all these things that <clears> – this is like – you know, the Mueller report is like, it's like, oh, it's, you know, you connect the dots, you get the fucking pin board with the string or whatever, you know, but it's like, you go full meta, but like, but like, I, and I, and I think I've, we've talked about this before. It's like, I believe Trump is like a bad businessman, super shady, definitely a criminal, definitely involved in criminal enterprises in all sorts of ways. Um, definitely has dealings with shady people uh, and probably shady Russian people, but it's also possible that like there isn't a literal like chain of command from like Putin to to Trump. Like that yeah. doesn't mean that Putin and Trump aren't like communicating in a way that is extremely shady and bad. Uh, but like, you know, people want there to be this like and I just think like, well, they're just kind of bad fuck ups in a way like the all the people around Trump. I mean, it is insane that they, so many of them have been indicted for so many different things and gone to jail for so many different things. But it's like not like they went to jail for being, you know, secret Russian spies. They went to jail for being like shitty people who do criminal things and get caught 
because once you look at them, you're like, wait, this person's a criminal. So, you know, I do think it's like you, we all, we're looking at this and everybody's trying to like all these like armchair, you know, conspiracy theorists are trying to put together the pieces. I mean, in a way, and I'm not saying that like the people who are like, oh, there's a Russian conspiracy and they're not QAnon because QAnon is a complete fabrication. But it's like you take those pieces separately and it it seems like you can stitch them together, but actually maybe they're just separate instances of a bunch of really bad, shitty people fucking up and doing bad things. And it it's like we'll never understand it because there's not anything to understand except like bad people make bad decisions, dumb people make dumb decisions, and eventually some of that comes to light. Yeah, it just seems like a bunch of chaos over the course of decades involving lots of money and mm. several different countries. And when one of those idiots ends up being president, like it's it's a there's a big giant mess of bullshit in his wake, and he's going to continue to make bad decisions that are informed by that. And like it should all come to light. We should understand the full scope of all of this. And but it, there, I think people think that there's going to eventually be some email chain where like Putin's like, "Hey, I need you to do this," and Trump is like, "Definitely, sir." You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> yeah. not. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's not going to that's probably doesn't exist. Um all right, let's quickly hit a couple of 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 wild things. So the the um trans soldier ban has take come has taken effect. Uh It's on top of the fact that there are a bunch of immigrants who enrolled in the army in order to um gain US citizenship or at least residency at some point and now they don't want to give them that and they don't want them to be working, but they also can't go back to their home countries because they're considered foreign enemies now because they worked for the u.s army because they went in the army yeah and i mean all there's there's a whole mess of people who are highly skilled and talented people who want to like help out the u.s army whether or not you agree with what the u.s army does in the world like there's a bunch of people who with lots of talents who want to work and do like work for this administration or at least like protect our country yeah yeah, and they're like thumbing their nose at them in the stupidest way over the stupidest bullshit possible it's hard not to see um It's kind of hard not to see how – I mean it's kind of amazing how Trump has made so many things that are truly not problems into problems. And it's it's pretty easy to see now at this point um, how – what his like sort of strategy is. I mean if he can be said to have one. I mean he's – he obviously is racist. He obviously uh, isn't a fan of gay people and trans people. That seems fairly clear based on his actions. Um, and 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 the, the political end to this seems to me to create uh, controversies about things that are actually uncontroversial. And and now listen for for the trans people in the military who who fought for many many years to actually be accepted as a part of the U.S. military. This is insanely bad and a huge and who poli- frankly contribute way more than they take from the military, even if the military was to cover the expenses of their early transition. Well, that, that, that's such a that's such a. I mean, we're talking about a fucking rounding error amount of people. It's not. 40% of the army is trans, you know, it's like, it's a but, very small amount of but people. It is, it's a large portion of the trans community. Like it is a large percentage of the trans community that does go into the military. And all of those people generally are of higher talent and ability than other groups of people, just because a larger percentage of them go in from well, different skill levels. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, but what, but I guess what I'm getting at is like, this is a, this is something done for no reason except to just cruelty hurt to hurt people and to create a an issue that will be a battleground issue in some way some kind of battle that Trump wants people to have, be having about ideology not it's not about this is not about 
whether they're fit to serve. I mean, this is, that's all bullshit. That's all been dealt with. I mean, the 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 military ex- is like, yeah, like trans people can serve. I mean, that already happened. So now we're like walking it back in a way that is just meant to divide people and to hurt people, you know. And it's the same thing with this this the, everything he's doing with immigration. I mean, obviously with immigration. I mean, there wasn't when Obama. Now there we had we've had immigration problems in this country for a long time. Like we definitely need to do a better job at how immigration works in America. That's obvious. But uh, when Obama was president and when George Bush was president, there were these were issues. There were there were issues with immigration, and Obama was no prince when it came to this shit. But it was not the biggest issue of our time. It was not um, something we were fighting about every day. It was not the number one topic on American television stations every day. Um. And he's made it that, and he's made it that way because it's, I mean, he's a racist and he's trying to keep, you know, brown people out of the country. Um, but he also wants people to be mad at brown people. He wants to be people. He wants people to be mad at people from other countries. He wants America to think there's something wrong with people who aren't white Americans. And so it's like extremely transparent what he's doing. The problem is it's working, I think, like for his base and for Republicans, it seems to be working. Like, they seem to be responding favorably to this concept and he's made it the number one issue that everybody talks about. And so now it's an issue that he kind of owns and controls the message on every fucking day. So it's really frustrating. I'm not saying it's not an issue. There are people that we need to care for who are coming into this country, who are coming in for very real and good reasons. Um, that's what America does. It's actually like part of America. But here's the thing, what bothers me is it's just like these people who are coming in, like immigrants who are coming in and enrolling or um, trans people who enroll in the military, they're willing to put their lives on the line for a country that does not give a shit about them expressly. And to shit on them above all else in order to like rally your base for one week, it's like keep your poll number two points higher or whatever. It's so sickening and disgusting and transparent. And it's actually shocking to me that over the course of so many years, people have not even begun to wise up to any of this. Well, I mean, there's the the people who aren't wising up are people who who like it, honestly. I mean, I think there are people who are like, you know, either – I mean, they either don't understand it or they like it. I mean, I think that anybody, I mean, y- you can't tell me there are Democrats who are like, wow, I agree with what Trump's doing. I mean, he was like, we want to release, you know, um, asylum seekers to sanctuary cities as like a th- weird threat. And it's like, look, I mean, on the one hand, um, so, you know, places where there are sanctuary cities are places where people want to take care of people who need sanctuary. Um, I mean, we did a great story on uh, uh, on this years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, if you talk to people who are in those cities, they're like, yeah, we welcome immigrants. Like we welcome people who need our help. So it's like weirdly like his Trump's concept is like, uh, in some ways, maybe his first good immigration proposal, which is like, um, bring those people to places where they can get help. But like, it's, he's doing it as a threat. Like we're going to dump a bunch, we're going to like put a bunch of people on trains or buses, and drop well, the money. Knows your- that short term, there's no logistical way. Like these cities aren't necessarily prepared logistically for this right. kind of people. No. However, long term, these people are welcome, and they will be enriching for those cities, and they'll have th- skills and and like labor to offer those places. So, like, go ahead and do it. I guess. I mean, he's like. I mean, the crazy thing is that like. <laughs> 
you know, it's like my people even trying to get into the country is like is going down. Like it's a lot. It's actually trending downward. There's like a lot of people leaving the country. You know, and I uh, mean, like I was seriously considering. <laughs> no, he's like we're full. I mean, it's just it's just so transparent. The whole thing is just such a it's such a racism based sort of like piece of policy that he's trying to push through. The yeah. wall is a you know is a great example. It's like this weird theater that doesn't really it's just has no basis in reality yeah and everyone like the, the says it has no basis in reality every republican knows it has no basis in reality and they have to keep going with it and it's truly like we're living in this like weird state of delusion where we just have to play along until a more sane person gets into into control of the country anyhow all right i'm getting depressed talking about politics and and it's like you said it's all there's so much bad stuff to that you came back to um we should probably do we should wrap up we should do good things is there anything yeah. else any other nice thing to talk about before we get into the good things mm, let's just get into nice things all right fine let's do it all right you want to start gonna be nice let's be nice yeah let's do um, nice things i i just loved paris that was one of my nice things <laughs> okay everything i did was great i loved disney their disneyland is so much cleaner than ours i know i keep saying clean but it's like shocking how orderly and 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 mannered and like uh you know the wait times on rides were 20 minutes and everybody was just like helpful and friendly and i was just like god our disney world and disneyland are just like complete bedlam like shit show of people screaming and running around and i don't know it was just nice um the whole of paris was nice i went to versailles and the louvre and a lot of touristy things and it was really nice um so that was it uh my other nice thing was while i was there i read ladies who punch which is the new um like uh, kind of like a history of the view uh, as told by a bunch of former co-hosts and staffers um, something like 150 interviews about the show um, and it's fascinating and it really documents uh, a period of transition in American media from objective reporting to more opinion-based performance uh, news and hmm. like morning shows being less objective reporting or like nice coffee conversation about American Idol over to um, uh, sort of a theater of of opinion and a theater of the absurd and a hashing out of issues, which in some ways brought new people into um, an interest into politics and an interest into serious discussion of policy or of social issues or of you know art in a way that they wouldn't have been but it also is a dumbed down version of it and it's resulted in just like megan mccain and joy behar like in a cold war over control over yeah. over like the the table i yeah. guess at the view yeah and it's just it's sort of fascinating because barbara walter's was the pinnacle at one time of objective reporting of both celebrity and politics and it her golden goose for that show like her big like her white whale her like her like both her prize and the thing that she seeked so hard was a monica Lewinsky interview and she finally got it on 2020 and they spent months on the view hyping it up and it's so interesting because that was a news story that was a perfect mix of serious and complete bullshit and 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 the movie sort the movie the uh the book sort of crests in a movie like cinematic way um the night because you know D Rosie O'Donnell and Donald Trump's original feud was during the view and he came on the view several times to talk about politics and he it was it was a it was a big platform for him for a long time and the whole book sort of crests on the night of his election thinking that there would be a woman president and that this show would have helped usher in an age of women being taken seriously and in a way it also ushered in a circus of 
opinion and of the absurd that Trump used to get into office. Yeah. And all of that is sort of painted in this book. And um, uh, the book isn't perfect. It's definitely gossipy. And the writer is good friends with Meghan McCain, which let, mm. let the back half of the mm. book be a little too soft on her, I would say. But um, the book is really good and it's definitely worth picking up. And um, you will learn so much about Rosie O'Donnell, who I love and worship and will keep in her insanity forever. Um, and it's it's just great. Definitely pick it up. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I remember when The View came on the air and it was like, wow, like a bunch of women talking. This is unusual. Um, but it was definitely like it was – I felt like originally it was much more like topics for ladies, you know? Like yeah, that was, was I feel like that was the way like it was sold for lady discussion. It was about, like, like yeah, celebrity gossip and like you know you're eating. It was like kind of Oprah ish, like in the way that Oprah like focused on women's issues a lot of the time. But it was like yeah. a group of women. But it actually evolved. It definitely like kind of crazily evolved into this like weird thing that's like an actual conversation. Like things news is broken on the View. Like people talk. Like conversations they have on the View somehow become like the president and the first lady regularly visit the view which is such a weird thing and it's just weird because like the view even if you have no interest in it 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 had such a central role and it still kind of does in 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 a lot of people's understanding of media and so it just creates its whole little universe and it was run by a bunch of like complete idiots and it's Mm. just crazy as usual um all right good what else anything else from you that's it that's all my nice stuff Oh, also, um, I was really hoping that Chilling Adventures of Sabrina season two was going to be my top nice thing above Paris, above everything. Mm -hmm. And it is most definitely not it. It's bad. It's Mm. very bad. So I haven't been able to get through the first season. I just there's it just doesn't hold my attention that much. Like uh, and Laura's completely not into it. Like she doesn't like any of the Riverdale, any of that stuff. You know that I, you know that I, uh, uh, so actually my nice thing is sort of somewhat related to, to Sabrina. Um, so you know that I started following Cole Sprouse on Instagram yeah. and Cole Sprouse is like friends with like Kieran and Shipka and like Christian Coppola and all these like weird young, like Hollywood people. And so I, not just them, I started following a bunch of those people, but I also started following a bunch of like random art accounts and like design accounts and like people that I don't know that are just seem interesting or doing interesting things. And like, I do. One of my nice things is just like following, just like getting outside of your bubble by just following things that seem interesting and good on social networks. Like I, I do think Instagram is a place where you can just kind of uh, enjoy, sit back and enjoy and not have to engage, which is great. And so like finding more things to sit back and enjoy there has been like when I do open it, not just seeing like my friend's dogs or whatever is probably in a way like kind of good. It's like, you know what I mean? Like it's fine yeah, for just, it to be super personal, but never click on the comments. It doesn't have to. Yeah, I don't read. I don't. I mean, I try not to. I try not to read the comments. Um, and yeah, so I think that like getting like following random people that you think are interesting or following you know accounts that you think are interesting on Instagram can be very good. Although Instagram's turns out there's a ton of really bad shit on Instagram. The other thing, my other nice thing is, um, I have this is a sort of similar, uh, on a similar, uh, track. I have. Uh, kind of like expanded my use of Pinterest to be for more than just things. Like I was using Pinterest in a very pretty much like um, house related way, like things for like, oh, I'm thinking about like, you know, getting a new sofa. Here's like sofas that I'm looking at or like just like very utilitarian for like house stuff for the most part. And it turns out like there's all kinds of stuff on Pinterest. Like if you just start like looking for things you're interested in. So I've started using it like I've got like 
boards where I'm collecting like weird retro game stuff. I have a board where I'm collecting like clothes that I'm like kind of into or I think are interesting. I've got like a design one, like an art one. And it's very much a similar vein where like I'm branching out. I guess it's like somewhat born of boredom with these services, but like I'm just sort of like I need to get if I'm going to spend any time on them, it needs to be less like single minded. And so and maybe that's like an evolution of social media where like, yes, it's nice to have like my personal circle, but like my personal circles are really increasingly like group chats that I'm in and like actual human interaction with people that I really know and care about. And like my social interactions are increasingly like and maybe this is just because of me, because of who I am and, and you know, having to deal with like a certain sort of level of always interacting with people you don't really know that I'm just sort of like, those are more for like impersonal, pleasurable, not challenging or heavy like interactions. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyhow, those are my nice things. More of those. We need less Twitter and more of those. All right. So those are my nice things. And you know, on that note, I feel like there's only one thing left to do, which is, which is wrap up. Au revoir. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. Though I've just learned that your family's been invited on Emperor Palpatine's vlog, and I don't think it's just a talk.